Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast. My name is James Fuller. I'm here with my colleague uh, Matt Fallis and today we're going to explore a little bit more about the ongoing education uh, debate. That's uh, secondary and post-16 education. Uh, we thought we'd resolved it last month but maybe it seems that we are far from resolving it. Uh, our colleague Simon Delarue has spoken to Deputy Aidan Matthews uh, who's very much still against the proposals, and Deputy Andrea Dudley-Owen and the Director of Education, Nick Hines, who are obviously still trying to progress the plans for the Osway and indeed to move the Sixth Form Centre to the Marder Cartre. As I say, Matt is, is, uh, is with me and we'll be unpicking that interview uh, later on in, in the show and then we'll have a quick look at what's going on in this week's States Meeting. But for now, let's move on to Simon speaking to Aidan Matthews about what he feels about the education proposals. Deputy Matthews, welcome. Good afternoon, Simon, and thank you for having me. The, the reason we are keen to talk to you about education right now is because we understand that you intend to lay a raquette which is going to affect the most recent decision that's been made by the Assembly, uh, that of the Lozellsway campus, and uh, that you are keen for the sixth form centre uh, not to be moved temporarily to Lamar de Cartret, but instead to be retained at its current site of Les Varand. Uh, now, I'll be asking you for some details and your reasoning behind that in a moment. Can I start by asking you um, how far down that road have you got, and are you definitely going to be laying that raquette fairly soon? Well, I'm glad you started there, Simon, actually, because, you know, I am extremely keen to see uh, the sixth form retained at Le Varand, which, which I think is the, is the right side for it. Um, a raquette is really the end of the road. You know, if you haven't managed to make any progress with a committee, if nobody else, if, you know, other committees, the PNR can bring, um, you know, some, some, uh, some, some of their own uh, guidance on, on that. But if that doesn't go anywhere and you really can't get anywhere, then that's when you, when you get to the stage where a raquette is necessary. And I'm not somebody who would sort of jump into a raquette, um, you know, at, the, at a drop of a hat. Um, you know, I think that's something where if, you, if you're just not able to get anywhere, that's when you would start to be looking at a raquette. And I'd be happy to, 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 to lead one. I'd be happy to sign one if somebody else were, were bringing one. Um, but, you know, I think that um, I, I'm very, very keen. And we haven't got very much time to see that the sixth form stays at Le Varand. So uh, are you uh, collating names at the moment to put to a raquette on this? No. You haven't got that far? No, I, I, I'm not at the stage of gathering signatures for a raquette. I mean, I've got an idea. I mean, I, I think it's well known that um, there are certain people who, certain politicians who would be uh, keen to, to, to what well, would share my views. Um, but yeah, I'm not at the stage of making a list or, or, or getting um, getting people to sign up to it yet. But isn't the clock against you a little bit? Because the, uh, as far as I'm aware, um, money is already being spent at Lamar de Cartre getting it ready to, ho to house those sixth form students. Well, it's a very tight schedule and all the indications are that ESC really aren't going to change their mind. They're very set on using Lamar de Cartre. So I think that it looks as if it might well be going to the stage where a cat will be necessary. But as I say, I'm not at the stage at the moment where I uh, have gone through and um, uh, got together a list of names. Right. Um, the uh, There is an alternative raquette that I believe has been uh, sort of gone, it's further down the road towards being completed, which is from Deputy Andy Taylor um, to uh, find the money from bridge, re reallocate money from bridge reallocation, uh, bridge regeneration, I should say, um, to ensure that the Sixth Form Centre does go ahead and get built at the Les Osway campus. Uh, presumably, you're going to be voting against that uh, if it comes along. Um, so, w will that, will the outcome of that affect what you, your plans might be? 
Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't support that that raquette for, 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 for various reasons, most of which is that it doesn't really solve the problem. Um, it, it, it would still involve a move of the sixth form centre to um, to the Mater Carter. I mean, it would be for, for, for a shorter period of time, but it would still move. Um, so it doesn't really solve the, the, the immediate issue. Um, so that... that that that's not a raquette that I would support. I, I actually struggle. I think I don't think it would get general support in the states anyway. I think that it's not something that um, many members would would be interested. I could be wrong, but that's my 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 thoughts on that particular raquette. So uh, let's just outline what your principal concerns are then with uh, what's what's planned at the moment as a result of the most recent decisions and, and why you feel so strongly that this this has to be uh, stopped in your view. Well, I just think that the Mar is an unsuitable place for the sixth form to be at for any period of time. And we're now looking, now that the States has agreed to phase uh, the construction of a, of a sixth form centre, that it would be looking at, instead of a two-year state, we might be looking at three, four, even longer um, years where the sixth form would be staying at the Mar de Cartre. I don't think it's the right place for it. I think it would be so disappointing for students who have perhaps spent their whole uh, education careers, their whole school careers, thinking, well, you know, if I do well in my GCSEs, I'll get to go to the grammar school as it was then and, um, and do my A-levels there. And then suddenly at the last moment almost have the rug pulled out and said no actually we're going to uh, we're going to send you to Lamar it's especially disappointing for students at Lamar and there are students some of them who will uh, be moved from Lamar uh, to Le Varond for the last year or, or, or two of, of their GCSEs and then uh, come back again to the to Lamar where, they, where they've just left I mean but it, it's disappointing for all students you know to to, to, to be sent to a school that for decades almost, has successive education committees have said it's unsuitable, um, it's, uh, it's not fit for purpose. I've even heard uh, some politicians dis- describe it as a disgrace, you know, and I think that it's just, it's, it's terrible uh, really to be using that as our sixth form centre. It's just not the right thing to do. Is it not possible though, even for a building that has, uh, you know, not at its best or is, well, it has been described by education as not fit for purpose, but for it to be, uh, uh, for money to be spent on it, for it to be revamped and repurposed for a sixth form college. And of course it won't be called Lamar de Culture anymore. It will be called a sixth form uh, college of, uh, or a sixth form centre. Is it not possible to to do it up adequately for the students there? Well, I don't really think it is. I mean, if it had been possible to do it up to a high standard, then we would probably still be keeping it as a as a secondary school. Um, that the reason why we, why it's being uh, left as a secondary school is because it's really a building that's at its and at the end of its life. Um, and you know, I think there have been reports that have said that there would be substantial investment that would be needed in order to keep using it um, for a number of years. We don't actually really even know the full results of uh, of those, but we've certainly been. Um, uh, led to believe that um, it doesn't have uh, very long before some, some expenditure would be needed to keep it going, uh, and that's just the state of the of the building. I mean, you can it, it doesn't um, it, it, it it's a building that has for years kind of looked a little bit shabby, and it's looked like a, not a place that's um, but it, 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 it's compared. All of the other high schools have had a lot of work done to them or been rebuilt, and Lamar is really the last one of those uh, schools that. Um, really needs to be uh, redeveloped um, or or not used. 
Now, one of the uh, repercussions of the decisions that uh, you, as the collective assembly, has made is that uh, the students of Lamar de Cartre, the, the current ones, will be moved into the Le Varon site um, and uh, will attend the 1116 school there. Um, so, one of the principal arguments of education, sport, and culture is that uh, there then therefore will not be room for all of the sixth form students to attend what is currently the sixth form centre. So, another site has to be found one way or another. Well, I think that's a bit of a red herring, that argument. Um, I mean, the, 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 the move from the Mar de Carfra to the grammar school has, has a schedule that's been set. <clears throat> but that's a schedule that's been set by ESC. You know, they, they don't have to do it at the rate that they're doing it at. They could slow that down. And the reason why it would be useful to do that, and if you look at the uh, school population, predicted school population in the, in the future, and we have projections of that, it's going to go down. So we have a peak at the moment, and then it's going to come down subsequently. So if it is, if it were delayed, then you would pass that peak and you wouldn't have um, that pressure on the Leivaran site. So, sorry to interrupt, but you say, you say that they, they could just change their policy, but they've already gone through the whole process of allocating which teaching staff are going to be teaching where. So you'd have to throw all that up in the air again, wouldn't you? With all the negotiations of you know and allocations of teachers to positions, if you, if you go ahead and change that. Well, I mean, there would be some shifting around, of course, you know. Um, but these are the sorts of things that uh, ESC committees have been doing for for a long time. Um, so you know, these these things are not. It's not impossible to do it. Um, and you know, all we're really sort of talking about is a, is a change of location. You know. We don't have to sort of um, uh, fundamentally change how education is done in this case. We're just, we're just saying we're going to delay it for, while, uh, um, while the space. That would be one option. That's not the only option. Um, we know that there are lots of options at Levaron to increase the space available. Um, so uh, Deputy Cameron has talked about being able to use the swimming pool area to um, use uh, build classrooms inside it um, there's the possibility of using temporary classrooms and there are also there's also an awful lot that ESE could do in terms of catchment areas to change the catchment areas um, to, to reduce um, uh, the number of uh, students at each school so there's an awful lot of options they don't have to do one they could do one or other or several um, and then they could also just use some teaching space at the mark for some subjects so there's an awful lot that ESC could do around um, this sort of um, pre pressure on space at Leivar. And I, I don't accept the argument that um, it's, it would not be possible to do that. But if if you don't accept their argument, then what do you think their motivations actually are then, if it's not the practical reasons? Well, I think if, if I was being um, sort of cynical, I guess I, that there, there's perhaps a motivation for some politicians to say, well, if we get the sixth form separated off now and move to Lamar de Cartre, we're making it a certainty that there will be a, a separate sixth form and we can't go back to any of the other models. So I, I think that that's part of the idea behind it is just like, let's make that a done deal. Let's tie the hands of any future assembly, any future ESC committee, so that it's difficult to uh, to return to any, any other model. But why would that be important to them? And if it wasn't for the for the practical considerations, why, why would anybody sort of yoke themselves to that particular ideology? Well, I think that some, some of the uh, politicians just seem to be very, very wedded to that particular concept. It's, it, it's um, you know, the, the, there, have been, there have been a variety of views amongst different uh, politicians about different models and different ways of doing things. Um, but with the, so some politicians have, have, have taken a view that a separate sixth form centre 
is um, a very sort of personal thing that they really want to progress and that that's how they think that um, that education should should be done. And I think that you know, for that reason, they want to sort of make sure that it happens, make sure it becomes a fact. I mean, that's only that's only one view. Um, uh, it, it, uh, it's possible that um, uh, people are sort of looking at practical considerations, maybe a little bit too um, uh in, in, in too much of a straitjacketed way, and not sort of thinking outside the box at other solutions that could be could be brought brought in. We, we, it could be turned around though, couldn't it? And and um, I, I have heard in the in the assembly um, opponents of yours on this subject uh, saying that you are wedded to an ideology of eleven to eighteen schools, and that this is your motivation uh, rather than any practical considerations uh, for wanting to uh, keep this on the table. Yeah, well, I've heard that argument as well. And I find it very interesting because um, the fact is that keeping the sixth format avarant does not um, uh, prevent you from uh, building a separate sixth form. It doesn't slow it down. It doesn't delay it. It doesn't stop it. So if you are a supporter of a separate sixth form being built at um, Les Osway, then retaining the sixth format avarant for, for, the, for the time being doesn't prevent it. It doesn't slow it down. Um, you know, if, if, if you're a supporter of that, it, it doesn't have any effect. So it's, it, it, it's really not the same to say that, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're keeping it, they've earned that you're um, wanting to um, uh, progress the idea of 11 to 18s. I mean, I haven't hid the fact that I, I'm a supporter of 11 to 18 schools, but it, 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 uh, it, it equally works well if you're going to um, uh, want to build, build a separate sixth form centre at Les Osway in, in, in phase two of those plans. Um, and are you optimistic at this point that you're going to be able to prevent the sixth form going to Lamar de Cartrand? Well, it's it's very difficult to say. I mean, it's it, it's an issue that um, the Assembly has uh, looked at before. I've laid an amendment before, which wasn't successful. Um, I think uh, I am perhaps a little bit more optimistic and that I think maybe people are now, um, perhaps there's an evolution and people are coming round. Um, I think the fact that PNR brought in this phased development, one of the principal arguments against um, the amendment was that it would it would slow down development, it would cost more, and it would cost more money. Well, those arguments have now have now fallen away. Um, so I think there's probably less of an objection from some members who would be very concerned about slowing down the Osway development um, or, or, or costing more money. So. I, I wouldn't like to say that I'm. Uh, I would be confident of, of of a raquette being successful or of any uh, change being successful, but I think there's probably a, a greater chance than there had been before. And uh, sorry to go back to a previous question, but I can imagine those among our listeners who agree with your points of view on this might well be thinking, "Well, get on with it." Then the quicker you uh, take action. Uh, and lay a raquette on this, uh, the better, because the longer you wait, the more money is going to be spent on refurbing Lamar. And, and your own, if your only mechanism is this raquette, then then why not just go ahead and do it for, in, in time for the next uh, states debate? Well, I think that it does need to be brought fairly soon or, or something will need to be brought fairly soon. I had been optimistic um, that uh, ESC might maybe be able to shift their position um, without needing to use parliamentary tools. I think that it, we probably are getting to the stage that, um, uh, that, that, that they really don't want to. They're really stuck on the path that they're, that they're on and um, they're not very keen to negotiate or to talk about other, other ideas. Um, and, and I agree that, you know, <laughs> We have a new set of of, of students starting uh, this September, so you know it's it, it, it's really very very close, and this this is really one of the last chances to um, prevent this from happening. Mm -hmm.
So that was Aidan Matthews speaking to Simon. And next we hear from his interview with uh, Andrea Dudley-Owen, the President of Education, Sport and Culture, and Nick Hines, the Director of Education. There are a couple of deputies, namely uh, and Deputy Andrew Taylor and Deputy Aidan Matthews, who have talked about um, raquettes that they're planning to bring to make changes to the decision that has been made mm-hmm. regarding Les Osway. Let's, uh, let's go to um, Deputy Andrew Taylor's uh, uh, proposed mm-hmm. raquette. First of all, um, he's talking about taking some of the money away from the bridge regeneration project, I think on the basis that it doesn't appear to be happening very fast. So um, he says, well, let, rather than have that allocated money sitting there, let's bring it over to to ensure that the sixth form is actually built at Lazo's way. Now, on the face of it, that would appear to um, give you what you wanted. Mm. Um, so is it something that your committee is likely to back? Well, the problem with these roquettes is that actually until they, they land, you don't know really what the detail is. The other um, the thing that I must comment on is that the committee's job is to deliver the particular mandate that we have. It's not to look at where the funding comes from. My job as a parliamentarian... Um, as a deputy sitting in the states of deliberation is to look at where the money's coming from. So if you're asking me for my view as a committee member, it's almost irrelevant where the money comes from because we don't have a pot of money that would be able to fund the Les Osway campus development, which is why we've had to rely on the states to be able to find that for us. So um, it, I, I applaud any endeavours from my colleagues to be able to to are interested enough to be able to come forward with ideas and to put those on the table my view on where he's proposing that it comes from I can't comment on that at all because my knowledge on that project is very very sparse um, I knew about it last term uh, from uh, my work on economic development but even then I wasn't close to it so I can't comment at all about where individual deputies I've got different ideas about where they might take that funding from. And there is a lot of talk behind the scenes um, because people are very keen to try and find that extra funding before the end of term. And But really, it's for PNR to give that view on, on whether that is a viable source of funding or not. So I, I'm afraid I can't comment more than that, only to say I'm really pleased and it, it's a very positive thing and very constructive that colleagues are thinking of ways to to try and deliver this before the end of term because I think that it gives that certainty that is absolutely very sorely needed and that we've we've gone quite some way to delivering. In terms of the Deputy Matthews Roquette, I'm sure that you'll enlighten me even further because quite frankly, I don't really understand uh, what Deputy Matthews um, is is seeking to achieve well? I, I think you'll probably describe this as being less constructive than the uh, deputy Taylor uh, proposed roquette. But um, it, he really uh, fundamentally is concerned that uh, uh, moving the sixth form to Lamar de Carteret uh, without a definitive date for their departure is uh, not to be countenanced. And his solution to that is to keep the uh, sixth form students at the Varon site. Right. Um, he he recognises that this would. Uh, require reconfiguration of that campus in order to um, accommodate both a, an eleven sixteen school and the sixth form centre, but says that there is scope to do that within the uh, within mm. the, uh, the the site. Um, and and furthermore, he believed that, uh, he said to me that he thought 
um, your determination to uh, move the sixth form centre away from that site is because you want to finally break the link uh, and, and, and ensure that no further states can reconsider 11 to 18 provision as against 11 to 16. Um, all of those things uh, he said to me. So what do you make of all that? Well, well I th- it's very interesting. Uh, the Deputy Matthews um, has spoken um, in such detail uh, to you. Um, and actually, he did um, do an interview with BBC, I think, uh, about 10 days ago and hasn't actually made any approach to me directly to talk about any of these these matters. Um, it's all been uh, indirect through the media and um, it, it says a lot, actually, when an individual is, is seeking to, to force a matter back into the States, uh, not accept the democratic will of the States to continue for on the third occasion now. And um, it's really disappointing that less than a week or about a week after the decision was made, uh, Deputy Matthews um, and others, actually, we had Rule 14 questions as well, um, uh, well looking the, at exploring a different option. Let's face it, if everybody always accepted the democratic will of the states, then we'd already be in, uh, we'd have one school on two sides in the Lycia school, but you didn't accept it. You led no, the raquette, and, you stopped actually, it successfully. No, I think so, that, Simon, that, that is unfair, actually. And I, 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 will, I will, no, I will, <laughs> I will challenge that because when a parliamentarian sees, when a deputy sees a groundswell of, of, very large opposition coming from grassroots, from parents, from students themselves, from staff members. We had thousands of people marching um, on the streets. We had a petition with, I think, 6,000 signatures. We had staff members. We had unions. We had um, uh, children uh, telling us that they did not want these two school, um, two schools, 11 to 18s. It is inherent on us to reflect that view back into the assembly. My uh, work in that, in terms of the raquette, um, cannot be drawn as a comparison of um, of challenging the democratic will rather than actually saying, drawing the matter to the attention of the Assembly. But so, Deputy Matthews' challenge will only succeed if there is a democratic majority oh, in indeed, the Assembly. So what are, what are your views on his argument and I, that there is I space respect, at Le Farand for this? and would defend his right to use the parliamentary tools available to him to put forward his views. My concern is that in this instance, it is disappointing that where the states has shown that there is that, what Deputy Trott described as the good old Guernsey compromise, where no one walked away from the debate with everything that they wanted, where everybody gave away something um, that that is not accepted by a very small amount of politicians and the political opposition in a small uh, way still remains where there is very widespread acceptance of the way ahead for education. And for the first time in many, many years since the debate on selection was raised and was put into the States, we've been able to give certainty to staff members, to students, to the wider community about the way ahead and that we are still facing this this small-scale political opposition that is driving, trying to drive things back into the States. And uncertainty kills progress. That That's it. And, and what Deputy Matthews is seeking to do is to raise the spectre of uncertainty yet again. But, but can we please heard... address the actual proposal that, he's, that I've described to you, which is to keep 
the sixth form at the Varond. Mm. And and to reconfigure well, was, the site, it, it I'm, I'm not I'm I'm, fa- I'm not being very helpful for listeners, and I do acknowledge that, and I, I will will address that. Uh, my my frustration for this is that we've we have spoken in the past to Deputy Matthews. We've had public debates about this. Information is in the public domain about the reasons why we are moving the sixth form on an interim and temporary basis to Lamar de Cartret in waiting for their permanent home to be. Uh, I guess I'm just asking you to summarise those reasons for us. Well, Nick, as the educationist in the room, um, let's let's hear from you. At the moment, the the labour on site has between 469 square metres and 1,236 square metres deficit of teaching space. If all of the children from the Mardukata were to join the existing children at labour on and maintain the sixth form there, now in order to create space for both of those parties to be educated on that single site, which was also notified as the least appropriate 11 to 18 in the previous model, we would have to make significant adjustments to those buildings and the campus in order to do that. And the range at which we would make those adjustments come between anything between 1.6 million and 5.7 million to make the adjustments in order to allow those students to all study together. However, the reason there's a range is because there's significant compromises dependent on what non-teaching space you would convert in order to create the teaching space required. And quite simply, I think, when we look at those um, teaching spa- non-teaching spaces that we would have to convert, from an education perspective and speaking as an educationist and speaking to senior leaders and speaking to the principal of the the school, we simply wouldn't want to countenance some of those non-teaching spaces having to be converted, which would take away the opportunities and ability to run the school as a, as a, a site. Now, some of those teaching spaces we might need, we would have to look at converting within that would be, for example, the sixth form independent study area, which you really wouldn't want to countenance when you're trying to develop learners to become independent in, in their studying. We would have to look at drama studio, we'd have to look at this in social areas, we'd have to take away some of the hall stage. And in addition to that, we would have to look at putting port cabins on there for that interim period of time, which are a significant expense at the moment. Now, I think what people forget when they are looking at those numbers is Looking back in history, the biggest cohort that's ever been on the labour on site that we could find was 2005-06, where there were 1,067 students. Now, in September, there will be 1,075 students. If we were to continue, as Deputy Matthews is suggesting, and keeping all the students from labour on and Lamar and the sixth form, that that site would grow to almost 1,300 students. That is assuming, though, that the uh, Samsons and Le, Le Camp uh, sites do not uh, take any additional numbers uh, with a, with an adjustment of uh, catchments, which would be within your gift. Ab- absolutely. It. But one of the things we're really cognizant of, and the committee is really cognizant of, is we talked earlier on about stability and certainty. It's not just about stability and certainty for our staff and students, but stability and certainty for the community and parents so they understand where their children and young people are going to go and their pathway from those partner primary schools into the secondary school. Because one of the beauties of the model that we we are um, developing is having those clusters of primary schools working directly in partnership with those secondary schools. If we then have to remodel and start moving students and moving children to go to one of the other secondary schools, 
that changes the modelling of how those primary schools work and also changes some of the destinations that those young people and their parents are already planning for and looking at that's achieving is that really such a such a well, headache though i mean if, for example just to give an example my daughter yeah. uh is is uh due to go to bow camp because of the primary school that she goes to but mm. we live in the catchment that would see her go to st samson's but if she'd followed her brother she'd go to lamar yes. and and so that's been up in the air throughout but if, if i can just comment here because uh, the committee has taken on the role of governors for each of the the school settings in the state's maintained uh, system so that's 20 um, uh, settings that, or school and uh, College of Further Education, um, TGI, that we are um, governors for. And in that space, we're, we get an awful lot of information and we're able to support and challenge our senior leaders, our head teachers and their, their senior leadership teams within their schools. And what we hear certainly from the primary and into the secondary is the relationship between the two schools and when that actually starts. And certainly we know that the the, the start point of the transition of our little people in primary into our secondary schools is starting to happen in year five. So they're starting to prepare those children in the junior phase of their primary school experience uh, to go into secondary um, as, as early as year five, because we know that that transition where those young people, they're becoming, uh, they're prepubescent in a lot of cases they're becoming hormonal there's an awful lot of change the change from so it's not just biologically but also in the way that they think their friendship groups their their expectations going into year seven from year six how many teachers they'll see on a regular basis the different classrooms that they'll have to move to the type of subjects the type of study the enrichment that they're used to they travel to school. I mean, we know that there was some problems and there is teething problems at the beginning of every single school year, which we often try to, to really try to iron out and ameliorate in, in advance. But uh, despite best efforts, they still happen with transport. So the, the, the first experience that a, a young person in their first day of secondary school is of not being able to get onto a crowded bus. And that's terrible for that young person who is going to be so nervous. So we know that that transition, and I've got children It, it, it all well, sounds, it all sounds very sort of traumatic, but you didn't, no, no, you didn't bat not, an not. eyelid when you moved the Huguette from the Lamar catchment to the Bow Camp. I mean, it's, it's not, it's because these things are well planned and, and we, what we do is we, we so, try so to any future changes can be well planned as well. No, but what we do, but they're not, but they wouldn't be. Because if the if uh, an intention is to change the arrangements that have been put in place and put in place for the last three years since we got the the um, the approval of moving forward with this uh, model, then actually, as I said to you, we got funding uh, quite some years ago, right early in the term, and we've moved ahead with a lot of the program, the construction project is the development at Les Osway campus is just one of the elements of that program in the transformation, which is what we were asked to do. So we've got other pieces of the jigsaw already in place. Now to to move this, to to um, change this means that there are um, other changes as a consequence in other areas which may not be so obvious. And the younger children, um, the their propensity to deal with change is different 
not not traumatic, but in some instances it can, especially if we've got uh, we've got a high amount of children with special educational needs, and anyone listening who's got a child who's anxious um, or who's got um, uh, neurodiversity will understand the need to plan for those children, and even those who haven't. Um, it's still a big, big change. It's a, a key um, a foundational building block that these children have to go through. And we know that our older children are much able, much more able, our, our adults in training, our 16-year-olds are much more able and more resilient to deal with that change than our younger children. I mean, I think we've, we've, covered, we've covered that part of it with regards to community. The, the, bo- the bottom line is actually the ability to put that number of young people on that site and still deliver that quality of curriculum, that quality of education. And linked to that, we talked earlier on about the stability and certainty the staff now have. If we were to then deliver what is ostensibly back to an 11 to 18 model, because the sixth form being located there would have to, if we were to look at the cheaper range of how much that would cost, would have to be continue to be integrated with the 11 to 16 school unless you're willing to pay circa 15 to 17 million to build a standalone discrete sixth form on that site. In which case, the staffing model that we've worked so hard to put in place, the 101 people we've said already who know where they're going would have to be paused and would have to revert back to them delivering that education provision in a different way. It would no longer be delivered as a standalone sixth form centre. It would have to be delivered as an 11 to 18 staffing, which actually changes the staffing model we've worked so hard to put in place. And if we were to then also dissipate some of those students to maintain the site to be a bit smaller and put into St. Sampson's and put into Bowcamp, that would again change staffing model because we'd have to move staff who know where they're going now into those other two schools. So the whole staffing structure, and I said before, the transforming education problem is much more than just the buildings, is actually about how we deliver quality education with the best staff we have to deliver good positive outcomes. Mm. And it would be really detrimental to start reversing out of a really complicated HR process where on the whole, we've taken staff, union colleagues with us looking forward to a new model of education across those three, 11 to 16 and separate sixth form to start reversing out of that would be really challenging, difficult, and I think would put more uncertainty and instability back in the system just when we appear to have turned a corner to give them confidence of what's going to happen. And I think that is one of the biggest impacts that people often forget about, let alone how we would fit those numbers of young people on that campus with a really high turnover and complicated timetable arrangement where you may have classes waiting to go into rooms and waiting for children and classes to come out before you can vacate in. And some of those specialist areas like science labs and and sixth form students, 11 to 16 students battling for those specialist areas which and the school hasn't been built for those 1,300 students. No. So the, the cost an interim or longer term would have to be really carefully thought out if we were to reverse back to place it out there for any length of time. So that was Simon speaking to Andrea Dudley-Owen and Nick Hines. Um, Matt Fallows joins me. Matt, what, what do you make of uh, of this ongoing education saga? I thought it was over. Yeah, well, I think Policy and Resources thought it was over as well, at least for, for the rest of this term, having hammered out this compromise where 
the the funding is provided for the the new Guernsey Institute at Les Oswey, uh, but not for the sixth form centre there, which would be would effectively have to wait until the next state's term. But listening to those two interviews and and speaking to some other states members behind the scenes in recent weeks, it's clear to me that that it's actually going to be quite difficult for policy and resources to hold this compromise together. Because I think, and in a sense, although I thought it it was politically very skillful for them to negotiate the compromise, it was really their first act as the new policy and resources committee. And, and, And the appearance at the time was that they had got most of this thorny issue, this thorny project over the line. However, there was something illogical, wasn't there, always about saying, we're going to go ahead with a, a project with a total cost of around £80 million, uh, but we, we're not able to find the funding for the remaining £15 or £16 million for the Sixth Form Centre. And and that was all necessary because there is this st- still very significant disagreement in the States, almost 50-50, probably not quite, between those who favour education's future model of 311 to 16 schools in a separate sixth form centre and those who don't. But I think that quite a large number of deputies on both sides of that debate, although that compromise from policy and resources was overwhelmingly approved, I think they've come out of that debate and said it's all up for grabs again. You know, and but I mean, I I was surprised in in the interview with uh, Deputy Dudley Owen that she was again if not enthusiastic, certainly quite sympathetic towards this idea from Deputy Andy Taylor of uh, finding 50, £16 million, pounds, or taking it away from one capital project, the, the Leals Yard and the bridge regeneration, and using it to build the, the sixth form centre at Liz Osway, which, which would unpick the compromise that, that PNR had negotiated and ESC had got on board with. And it's equally clear that Deputy Aidan Matthews and, and the deputies who, who don't favour ESC's model and don't want the sixth form uh, relocated to Lamar are not giving up their, their cause either. So uh, it would probably now be more surprising if this doesn't end up back in the States this term than, than if it does. And this is this comes across now as a compromise that's not a compromise in that the main protagonists on, on both sides don't want to compromise. Education would still like to get the whole project over the line. Those against the idea of moving the sixth floor centre of the Osway would still like to do anything to stop that happening. Um, you know, it, it's rather... <laughs> Uh, you know, close to an impasse where you know it seems that the only solution might be to muddle along, but both sides, you know, are almost looking for a, a weakness or a moment where they can kind of seize the day and, and overturn overturn that decision. So, yeah, well, well, the sixth form is now the big issue. You know, what to do with the sixth form over the next few years? So, education clearly accepted the PNR led compromise that. At Liz Osway, we we get on with the Guernsey Institute now, uh, but we defer the funding decisions for the sixth form centre until the next states. And ESC's critics accepted that as well, because they have never been opposed to building the Guernsey Institute at Les Osway. It's always been over the, the sixth form element. So so the, if you like, the, the Les Osway element of PNR's compromise is holding together. And there is no great 
wish to unpick that from from anyone in the states. But but the problem that ESC's well, the, pro, the ESC's critics' main point of contention is that in the interim, so that's like between 2025 and 2029 at the earliest, they don't want the Sixth Form Centre moved to Lamar de Cartre. They want it to be retained at Livarond. And um, ESC says, at least behind the scenes, if not openly, that's because in the next states, you want to reopen the debate about the future model and unpick, unpick the ESC's preferred model. And ESC's critics say to ESC, well, the only reason you want to get the sixth form out of Livarond and into inadequate facilities at Lamar is so is so that your model becomes irreversible and can't be revisited by the next states. So that's the kind of the the cause of the impasse, and uh, it it does seem likely that that the states will face um, one or or both proposals to to go ahead with the sixth form centre at Les Osway and find that additional funding, or direct education to keep the sixth form at Livaron for the time being. Do you think Deputy Matthews will end up bringing a raquette? And if he does, do you think he'll have any chance of success? Well, what I feel is that education probably doesn't have a majority in the States to move the sixth form to Lamar. Now, remember, that has never been tested in a, in a, a vote in the States because it's a, it's, it's a matter that education can decide, you know, w- without the need for a state's resolution. But the states, if it wants, can can intervene and, and direct them differently. And I, th- I've spoken to enough of it, the, the the deputies who support ESC's long term model, but who say moving the sixth form to Lamar seems illogical. That I think, if you know, let's put it this way: if there was a straight vote on a secret ballot on whether to move the sixth form to Lamar or keep it at Levarand, I don't think education would have a majority to move it to Lamar. But that doesn't mean to say they would lose a vote because, you know, some of their supporters will be aware that if they were to direct the committee to retain the sixth form at Levarand, it would have the appearance of, of, you know, beginning to unpick education's model. So the politics around that are quite complex. Whether Deputy Matthews will bring a raquette I don't know, but I would think the chances are greater than 50% that there will be a proposal put before the states by someone in some form to direct education to keep the sixth form at Livarond. And I wouldn't like to call the outcome of it. I think if I had to, you know, bet on it, I'd say I think it might narrowly lose that effort. Um, But I think it would be very, very close. And education is, in a sense, skating on thin ice because I... I don't really think that there's a majority in the States who think relocating the sixth form to Lamar is sensible in the interim. Well, it's the story that keeps on giving, isn't it? Um, there's nothing of uh, of similar excitement in the uh, February BA for the, the for the states. Uh, only we're expecting perhaps just a little bit more than one day's debate. What do you think of the uh, of the highlights for this week's meeting? Yeah, well, highlights is, is probably a, not a very well-chosen word. I, I mean, 2023 was a, a very dramatic year in, in the state's assembly, wasn't it? All those debates about GST and other tax packages and funding or not funding capital projects and votes of no uh, confidence. Votes of no confidence. Um, and so I guess it's inevitable that, that the new year has started with, you know, the election of a new policy and resources committee and and 
the uh, the tax debate and, and the cap- most of the capital funding debate, at least put, put behind this term of the states, that there would be a quieter period. Um, and, and so that's what's happened. Um, I think that uh, the it, I, I think the debates on new um, drink driving and drug driving um, uh, arrangements will be quite interesting. I mean, they, I don't think they'll be particularly contentious. They'll, they'll, the proposals will sail through. But I think that's quite an important piece of work that Home Affairs are putting before the states. What's the chance that will divert into noisy vehicles? Uh, well, the, the last debate on uh, on parking tickets, penalty <laughs> notices d- did divert into a debate on noisy vehicles, didn't it? There might be a raquette on noisy vehicles because we're now very evidently in raquette season. I think the next states meeting um, in March has got three raquettes on on the agenda, and and there's there's quite a lot of speculation and talk among states members of at least two or three other raquettes. So that that might keep the states busy over the over the next um, few months. Uh, there's also um, this week in the states that the, the, this idea of, of or, or debate about whether or not to have a public service ombudsman to hear complaints uh, about um, the states the decisions of the states um, and. There, there's there's essentially a debate about whether to 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 kick that piece of work into the long grass, scrap it entirely, or go ahead with it. Um, and there are amendments on that, and so there's bound to be some debate about that. Um, but I think that's probably uh, as exciting as it's going to get at this states meeting. Isn't well, that's it? potentially well timed, though, isn't it? Because if people if people are allowed to divert into the issue of how easy is it to complain about the states that is is become a very relevant news piece in the past week week or so we've run a couple of stories there are others floating around about people um you know wanting to complain about various states departments and finding it's a very uh protracted and an unfruitful process so i wonder if uh, if that might come to the fore it could well do i mean i think there is quite a lot of pressure not in debates that are in before the state's assembly but in 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 political discussion behind the scenes there's quite a lot of pressure building for a more independent oversight and regulation of of some of our services um and deputy gavin st pierre is leading the charge on that in relation to medical services and um uh oversight of 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 policing uh which we've been reporting on and, and will report on further in the days ahead um, and I, you know, I think that's that is likely to be a theme, maybe not a dominant theme, but a theme that uh, that will keep coming up in the states over the next few months and years. Yeah, the the, the society is kind of moving in that direction of of wanting more independent oversight and regulation of public services. It's something that that Guernsey has in the past has never particularly embraced because we're a very small community. But it might be something that, that, you know, pressure builds for. Well, and part of the argument in this case is for not proceeding with the ombudsman is to um, is because the current system is OK. Uh, you know, kind of no more than OK. I mean, I think everybody recognises it's uh, uh, a bit old fashioned, a bit clunky, but it does a job. And I suppose on the other side of it, it will be. Okay, if we want independent oversight of everything, how much is that going to cost, and how many jobs is it going to create, etc.? So there is a, you know, actually there's a fair amount to unpick in there. So. Yeah, there is. I mean, it's the balance between being a largely kind of self-governing jurisdiction, which would normally have 
more independent oversight and regulation of services and our being a very small community you know with with limited resources and not necessarily able to provide all the services uh, and facilities that larger jurisdictions have i mean that, that's that's a, a challenge that guernsey faces you know uh, g- going back decades or hundreds of years and and it's uh, it's not going to go away well, the last few minutes has certainly uh, brightened my enthusiasm for this week's states meetings. So uh, we'll we'll be back on this feed with the shorthand states with Simon and Matt uh, on Wednesday and maybe Thursday if the states decide it's worth worthy of two days of debate. Uh, so keep an ear out for us there. And until then, bye for now. <laughs>